When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, what up? This is Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Berry, coming to you with another special sit-down. We're going to talk all things NIL, ad strategy, merch plans, all kinds of stuff like that. We welcome in Neil Schuster, the co-founder of Pro Trash Holdings, LLC, No Laying Up, as you might know them, and the reigning Season 7 of Tour Sauce Champ. Neil, welcome back. Zach, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You guys are rocking and rolling over there. You've got a lot of stuff going on with, um, I mean, President's Cup was was wild, and then you've got just constant lawsuits flying from across the pond. But um, let's get into it real quick. How's the game? Um, like I said, you you won Tour Sauce. You got the monkey off your back. How are we feeling? Feeling good. It's been a good year of golf. Uh, not as much golf as last year, but the uh... – the game is kind of settled into, I didn't, I didn't lose any ground like I did in 2021. I, I played really well in 2020 and then the handicap skyrocketed and then it came back down one tour of sauce. That was great. Um, and then this year it's just been kind of pretty steady, pretty consistent. I, I was talking to somebody, we actually just did our roost club championship out in Kansas city and the roosts are local clubs within our nest membership. You can see the, uh, the, the bird, the, the avian pun there that we did. Uh, so we had, uh, let's see, nine teams qualify from different regions across the country. Um, and then the winning teams came out and competed at uh, Swope Memorial, which is an awesome uni in Kansas City. And then at our very own Ben Hotelings uh, backyard course, which was awesome. We basically did a full day of competition uh, on a, you know, pitch and putt. So we took like, we were playing real golf, hitting cups, uh, stiffing it like six, which was, it was a great juxtaposition. And uh, the Philly electric factory roost won the first annual roost club championship. We made it to the uh, final four teams that played like match play. And uh, so I was, I was happy with my performance. I guess that was a massive digression. What I was going to say was that I feel like my floor has come up in my golf game. So I'm, I've only, you know, I still only broken par once, but the high score of the year was a, you know, 86, right. Instead of an 89 and my average score has come down, you know, a, uh, a stroke or two this year. So I think that the, uh, the floor is raised, but we need to break through the ceiling and, and 
and start shooting some uh, some lower rounds. Need to start thinking a little bigger on the uh, on the upside. Nice. For, as someone who is still trying to break 80, I mean, I, I love what I'm hearing that those are the kinds of, uh, you know, things that you check off, you know, the box that you check, um, getting that, that average score down. Uh, but yeah, I, I tell my friends all the time that are scratched, like, man, I would love to just be absolutely pissed to shoot a 78. Like, that's just what I'm striving for. Um, yeah. And sometimes I think you got to zoom out. Like when I started doing this NLU stuff full time, I think I was like a six or seven handicap and it's easy to lose sight of like, Oh, I'm down to, you know, I'm a two or just under like, that's really good. That's, that's, you know, over three, four years, that's a significant, like consistent improvement in my game. Um, and you almost lose sight of that because like, you're right. I am like, I used to be, there's always a number that like makes you mad. It used to be like 85, if I shoot 85, I'm like, God, that's such, that's just like the, you know, kind of ho-hum score. And, that, yeah. and then it was 83 and now it's like, now it's 80, right? Like if I shoot 80, I'm like, damn it. Like I got to get in the seventies. Like, you know, I can battle, you know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm usually even on a bad day able to like, you know, kind of get the rig into the garage in, in 78, 79, which is like a win for the day. So, but it's, it's crazy how like mentally you can kind of forget that like that, that 80 number that used to be. 83 it used to be 85 and now if, you know now if I shoot 85 I'm furious or like oh my god I, I stink so <laughs> that's that's uh, you got to kind of remind yourself of those things um, and then on the upside I just uh, I did a podcast with uh, Pia and Lynn who run a like golf mental coaching business called uh, Vision 54 and they're based out at Talking Stick in I think Scotts oh, yeah. Arizona and um Apparently they're they not as not associated with the casino as we were told when <laughs> no, or live golf uh, <laughs> with, with the Roman numerals. Uh, so a lot of 54, the number 54 has become a very uh, interesting one uh, yeah. of late, but uh, they are delightful. The two of them. And they, they kind of did like a impromptu. Solly had the idea of like, Hey, he's had him on the pod before, which I really enjoyed that episode. I think that was like two years ago. Where, and they wrote a book called Be a Player. And it's just all about like, you know, how to think bigger and think more productively about your golf game. Mm -hmm. And like that leads to, you know, better, better golf. And so he was like, he wanted to have him back on and have him basically do like a, a I don't want to say a mock coaching session with me, but they don't normally do stuff without talking to or without doing it on the course. So they were like, well, this isn't normally how we work, but, you know, Sally talked him into it. And we just kind of went through like, like, how do you think about your game? And, uh, you know, what do you want to improve on? What, what do you struggle with? And, and we, that episode aired on the no laying up podcast yesterday. Um, and it's, it was interesting that like talking about the upside, they, they were kind of telling me or that they, their hypothesis was, I don't think big enough because they were asking me like, what's your goal? And I was like, Oh, well, I want to be a, you know, I'd like to be a zero. I'd like to be a plus handicap. And I think their initial reaction was like, that's not, it's not big enough. And, I was joking oh. around with Salah because he mentioned to me on the Nest podcast that we do for our members a while back. Somebody asked that question to us, like, what, what's your goal? And he kind of said, like, sheepishly, like, I'd like to play, you know, I'd like to make, I'd like to make it to the Masters. And it was like, what? And, and he was like, I want to win the <laughs> Mid-Am. And the Mid-Am champion gets to go to the Masters. And I was like, God, that's an awesome, like, yeah, it's a stretch and yeah, you could laugh at that. But I, I started thinking about, it. I was like, man, that's a perfect, like black and white 
like, you know, astronomical goal to work towards. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what Pia and, Pia and Lynn were, were saying to me of like, you need to get more specific and you need to get bigger. And I think they've coached a lot of their players on that, like LPGA players and some PGA guys on like, hey, you know, they used to say like, well, what do you want to do? Well, I want to shoot like 65. They're like, why don't you want to shoot 60? Why don't you want to shoot 59? You know, and, and that, you, you know, it's the classic like third grade math poster. Like, you know, you yeah. shoot for the moon. If you miss, you land among the stars uh, kind of thinking. <laughs> so I, I have some some goal setting to do over the next, you know, two, three months um, to hit, I think 2023, I need to, I need to get back into, into like kind of how, how good do I want to be at golf? So anyway, another long digression for you. Yeah. As as you like to say, get back to homeostasis. Um, well, I think I've reached homeostasis. You know, I got married this year, a lot of travel, a lot going on. I just moved back to New York city. So once I can set up, get my nesting, get, get my spot dialed, I think, it, you know, we can start thinking about like, all right, what's the, uh, what's on the agenda for, um, for 2023. Real quick, since you're back in the, uh, as I like to call it, the greatest city on the planet, um, this might be a trap door for you. If I can maybe catch you with a slip here, who do you consider to be New York city's college football team? New York City's college football team are the Columbia Lions, the only team located in Manhattan. Um, You you know, we used to play when I was there, we played Fordham in the Crosstown rivalry. Uh, Yeah, we went my four years, two and two against them. The fighting Denzels. Yeah, they they had uh, John Skelton was the quarterback when I was there. He made the league. He was a backup, I think, for the Seahawks for a little while. Uh, He was a unit. He was like six, five. good player. And then the, I think the year after I left, so this would have been the 2012 season, uh, they started offering full scholarships and that crosstown rivalry got very uncompetitive very quickly. <laughs> so now Columbia plays. Um, so the way it works is the Ivy league plays the same schedule every year. You, we would start with two non-conference games. So that was Fordham to kick the year off. And then like we played Albany one year and got smoked because they were really good. Mm. Um, or we played Towson one year. Um, so somebody like that, I think now it's, uh, they play Wagner, which is on Staten Island. Um, yeah. so that's another kind of NYC football team. Um, Shout out to know, else, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess if you wanted to like stretch it out to long Island, you could say Stony Brook. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Rutgers, we used to see Rutgers when, when Columbia would do like recruiting visits, you know, we, we do the whole deal. It was like the same, God, it was the same, uh, like song and dance, like for six weeks straight in the, in like the depths of winter up here. It's like, okay. You know, some D back from the Southeast, they'd always put like the, the, the athletes with me, or like, there's one other kid from the Southeast and, uh, okay, we're going to go to, we're going to take them, you know, to all the, the cool architecture spots, like have dinner in low library, which is a really nice library at Columbia. And then on Saturday, they take them down the tour to like St. Patrick's cathedral, fifth Avenue, like, Oh, the big mm-hmm. city, the bright lights. And then we go to David and bust uh, planet Hollywood and then David busters. <laughs> and we would always see the Rutgers recruiting trip at David and busters. And it would be like the size of like the, you know, big East recruits versus the Ivy league you know, Columbia recruits was, was noticeable. Right. But we'd yeah. always end up next to him at the pop a shot and, you know, they were always cool, but it was just kind of a funny, 
juxtaposition between like the uh, the type of athlete that Rutgers was recruiting, just sh- like strictly based on size. Like, damn, you know, like that guy's got to be a D lineman. It's like, nah, he's probably a linebacker. So that was always good stuff. <laughs> but they were, but but the point being, Rutgers was trying to sell the uh, the NYC. Yeah, you know, they were they were running the NYC. You know, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Playbook that Columbia was running as well. We're going to get into some NIL stuff here. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have more with Neil Schuster. We're going to dive into some NIL conversations as uh, someone that was on the front lines with Larry and Sergey. I'm interested to hear his takes on this. So hang tight. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. From weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. The show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris, and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. The show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoysia fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. And we are back here on Not Committed with Neil Schuster of No Laying Up. All right, so when I approached you about this episode and I told you, you know, hey, man, you, you've, you've delved in, you know, the deepest waters with, you know, ad strategy and things like that with your time. Um, over at Google, and then um, you had a couple other stints um, in kind of a you know research account executive type space, and but you know really diving into what you did at, at, at Google with you know, and I'm looking at your LinkedIn here, and I'm really really oh, dadding this God, up I here. I haven't been on there in a while. <laughs> uh, you know, you're giving me some some bad flashbacks to, to, to the sales days. But yeah, like developing sustainable Google ad strategies for businesses. Um, new oh, God, to- don't do this to me right now. Come <laughs> on now. Uh, so what was the, you had a, you had an acronym that, that you say a lot. Was it ROAS or what yes, was it? ROAS. Oh yeah, my okay. God. Google, I don't know how it has more acronyms like the US Army or Google. 
talking to Cody, one of my, my associates, who's a, who's a veteran. He, he's about the only person that can outdo me on straight up acronyms yeah. for team names and strategies <laughs> and stuff. But ROAS means return on ad spend. That was the Holy grail at, at Google when I was there. Um, and so it was all about driving uh, ROAS for our, for our, our uh, beloved clients over there. So let's get into that. So I think a big part of, of NIL um, is the overall strategy of, of, you know, what you want your brand to be as an athlete and, you know, ranging from everything from football to rifle to soccer to softball. But, you know, what do you want your actual brand to be? Because we see a lot of these college athletes with, you know, they bring out merch or they, you know, are doing something with a local business or things like that. But you know, as someone who's been in that space, you know, around ad strategies and, you know, e-commerce and, and multi-channel retail and all that stuff, you know, consumer, you know, lending, you know, as, if you were getting in this space, so if, if No Laying Up is going to get into the NIL space and try to, you know, dip their toe into sponsoring some, some college golfers, you know, what would be kind of your, um, I guess I'm trying to think of a, phrase here but you know what, what would be your playbook if you were if you were going to get into that that's a very interesting question um i think so i remember when the nil stuff got announced this was uh about what 15 months ago it's like june of 2021 and i know this because we were on uh filming our series strapped in new mexico and we had been off the grid in the van for like three days and we were you know in the, the mountains of new mexico and on day three, we were driving back up to Denver um, and we stopped at a Cracker Barrel in Southern Colorado. And I turned my phone back oh on for the first time. And I had like, I don't know, I, I, I get, you know, a good amount of direct messages, but I had like 15 or 20. And I was like, what the hell's going on? And I didn't know, like the, the Supreme Court had ruled on the NIL stuff, but it, it went into effect at like the end of June or the early July, like right, right in that period. And I, I saw that like Barstool had done their whole like, you know, Barstool athlete thing, right? That like got all this buzz mm -hmm. when they were sponsoring like women's volleyball players. Like you're a Barstool athlete, you get a car, you, you know, like the Oprah stuff. And yeah. I had like 20 messages from like, you know, D3 linemen and golfers. And I mean, like all sports, just people like, like, you know, kids college kids reaching out like, yo, I want to be an NLU athlete, send me stuff. And I got to be <laughs> honest, like if you ask Randy and Deej, like I got kind of pissed off and not because these, like, I, I think that athletes like should be, you know, paid and like with all the money that the top tier schools are making, like in the coaches and stuff, it's just, it's like, God, it's such bullshit that like the NCAA, you know, kind of handle it the way they did. And we can get into that. Yeah. Um, because I think it's a nuanced take that I have on that stuff. It's not just like, oh, like, you know, the scholarship, you know, I want to go back to the good old days. But at the same time, it's like, I also don't want the complete wild west. But what made me mad was almost back to the sales thing. I was like, I think I said to Randy and DJ, I feel like the world just got inundated with like double the amount of bad sales reps of just like, you know, you get a <laughs> lot of outreach, like as a business owner or whatever on like, hey, like, people trying to sell you stuff. And as someone that was in sales, I'm very like, I empathetic to people that are trying to hustle and sell like software or whatever it is. 
but I'm just like, man, these kids are just reaching out and they're like selling their soul. They're selling themselves short. They, all they want is like free t-shirts and stuff. And I'm like, man, that's not like, it's not thoughtful. It's not productive. I don't think that it's the way you should do it. And it was just kind of making me mad. And then it was overwhelming me as like, we have, we sponsor a few pro golfers. We sponsor, I think four LPGA Symmetra tour players. And we sponsor, uh, three or four like corn fairy PGA players. And we're very thoughtful about how we, we do that. Like we've developed relationships with them. We, we try to pick people that, you know, we feel like will represent no laying up well. And I think with the NIL stuff, we kind of took a wait and see attitude, or we've gone with like, we went on strap to Florida A&M university. Well, we, you know, every year I talked for every, I don't know, every three to six months, I talked to the coach and we, you know, we've gotten them like clubs and, you know, we've outfitted them with some gear and, and all like we try to do what we can with that program because we have a relationship with them. Um, whereas I, I don't know if we're big enough or like we don't sponsor people to get our logo out. Like it's not a marketing play for us. It's more of like a like we want to root for somebody. We want to support somebody that's trying to make it. That's kind of how we think about it. So on the NIL side and the college side, like. I'm quick to, if coaches reach out from like high school teams, like we, we, you know, outfitted the Milton golf team in Atlanta, Georgia, that won the state championship. Uh, we outfitted them before they won the state championship, but it was cool to see like, oh my God, those guys went and won the state wearing, you know, NLU gear. So when, when a coach or somebody reaches out, like, you know, with a specific, like, Hey, we, you know, I love what you guys do. We would love to get some merch. It's like, yeah, definitely. Um, but it was just this like flood of like, oh, like, man, it's a free for all. Like, look what, you know, look what these guys are doing. You guys should give me a shirt. It just like kind of, I was like, man, this is not, this is not it. This is, I think it's bad for the, the player to sell themselves short on like for free stuff. And I think it's like, you know, not really productive for us as a brand to like, just, you know, hand out some like mass like offering to like anybody that reaches out, if that makes sense. Um, so like, I don't, I, I worry that that sounds like stingy or not helpful. It's more just like, I want it to mean something, right? It, it can't just be like a, I, I don't like the spray and pray mentality with anything that we do. Mm -hmm. So I think it, it goes that way with the NIL stuff. And I think what it's more relevant to like generally outside of NLU, I think it's less like Google and it's more like what Shopify has done for starting a business. So we use Shopify for our no laying up pro shop. And I think it's one of the best companies like out there, like we couldn't do what we do without it. And when we win, they win, like the model's great, right? They've democratized like e-commerce for, for anybody. Anybody can start selling anything online. But if you look probably at Shopify's like, you know, numbers, like especially early in the early days, just because you can start a business or start selling products doesn't mean you should, or doesn't mean it's going to work. Like I bet, you know, 80% of the accounts that get started on Shopify, like go nowhere. Right. It's like anybody that's ever tried to start like, Oh, I'm starting a food blog. Like they do it for like three months and then that nobody reads it and they get sick of it. Right. Like you got to stick with it. Like you got to have a plan. You got to be dedicated like blah, blah, blah. You hear that all the time. And so I think the NIL stuff is similar of like, I'm sure there's like, there's a, every athlete could go and do and, and create their, you know, personal brand and start selling t-shirts and, and doing the drop shipping thing or whatever. But like, you know, I, I think you should probably put some thought into like, 
why you're doing it or like don't distract from like yo if you don't play good nobody's going to want to buy the shirt that you're that, that has your face on it right so like i worry a little bit that like it, it's going to force college athletes to like you know put the cart before the horse it's like if you don't perform on the field or on the court then like there's no value in your personal brand and like you know one has to come before the other but that doesn't mean you can't like you know plan a strategy out for it um and try to like you know like reach out to the the people like you know that you that brands that you think align with you but it's just like you got to think about like well dude what's the what's the point like are you if you're spending your time doing that instead of working out like what are you doing i think that's a a big thing for me when it when it first started was okay now that nil is is officially here and it's a thing you're gonna see anyone and everyone come up with you know you know hashtag graphic design is my passion type shirt and are just unveiling merch for you know hey come buy my come buy my t-shirt that you know is you know looks like an ed hardy you know design and it's got my number on it but you know if you're not you know looking at some of the bigger names in the country you know if you're not Caleb Williams or Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, are you really making that much off of it? Like I more power to you, man. If you want to try to build a brand, like that's great. Like I, I love the initiative and I love the confidence, but like you said, if you, if you're just, you know, if you're not starting or you're not performing well, like you're, I think you're definitely going to see, you know, the ROI is not going to be as big as you hoped, you know, outside of your you know closest family and friends buying your stuff. So um, it, that that's a great point that you made about the the spray and pray thing, and you know everybody just jumping at any opportunity. I, there was a lot of speculation about you know tying this back into Ole Miss. You know they had a quarterback battle all during the spring and fall camp, and then they've they have a starter now. Jackson Dart beat out Luke Altmeyer, and there were a lot of people that were speculating. You know why doesn't Jackson Dart have any NIL deals? You know why is he not announcing anything? And there was. There was a lot of, you know, things floating around, but there were some people that I think could be possibly right. I don't know. I haven't talked to Jackson, but they said, you know, hey, he didn't want to do anything if, you know, he's got to win the quarterback battle first. So kind of to your point where, you know, hey, you need to focus on, you know, being an athlete first and not, you know, selling merch. But I think that that speaks volumes to where, you know, him as a as an individual was like, well, I don't think I deserve it until I'm, you know, actually playing well. Um, yeah, hell yeah. Like that's, that's a great attitude. And, and I think also like even relating it, relating it back to, to no laying up for us, like we started our business as a hobby. Like I was legitimately doing it for free or it was costing me money for like, I don't know, at least a year, probably two or three before like it mattered. I just like, I enjoyed it. So like, I, I, I guess I, I want to make sure that my, my thoughts here don't discourage like you know, if somebody's interested in like, how does e-commerce work? Like, yeah, definitely start like experimenting. Right. But I think you're, you nailed it with um, like, why are you doing it? Are you doing it because you're interested in it? Or are you doing it because like, you're just trying to cash in, right? Like that's the, that's the piece that, that I think is, is missing. If it's, if it's to like develop skills as a college athlete and college student, then 1000%. Um, but I, I don't think it's not as easy. I think some people think it's as easy as like, oh yeah, let me just go like throw my, you know, Im- image and, and name on a shirt and people are going to buy it or, or whatever. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's just the, it's a complete, 
sweepstakes right now. And I, I guess if I was going to back up, what's, what's frustrating to me is um, I think there was an opportunity for the NCAA to get in front of this probably like five or 10 years ago, instead of, you know, a little bit like the PGA tour with the live stuff. It's like they, they did it to themselves, right? Like they put their head in the sand. There's too many people making too much money trying to sail off into retirement for them to like make any, any changes. But I think that athletes with how much money is in college sports, there should be a form of payment. Right. And like, yeah, you can value the scholarships definitely have a, a ton of value, but like on top of that, like, you know, I was part of the, uh, you know, NCAA, video game lawsuit. I was in like the game in like 2010 and there was a Columbia team. Right. So I had, I got, I got mailed in my San Francisco apartment about like, do you want to be in this class action suit? Right. Because they used my, technically they used my name and likeness, even though they didn't, because it, I think they just used like the number, yeah. but apparently they, you know, they said it to everybody, whatever. So yes, I, I agree with that. But like, I, I hate that. Okay. They went to the Supreme court and then they're like, yes, student athletes should, should be allowed to get paid. And then it was like the NCAA just threw their hands up. Like, all right, cool. That's it. Like no rules. Like we lost. They just like took their ball and went home. And I think the, the piece, like the perfect storm of this all, and you probably know better than me, but just as a pretty passive observer of college sports, I think the NIL stuff is a little less of an issue than the transfer portal where it becomes like, okay, I just, I didn't get the job. I'm going to go, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to transfer like nine times, like all these USC quarterbacks, like all of a sudden the West <laughs> Virginia quarterback and the Pitt quarterback, both are USC recruits. Like it's yeah. just, I can't, you know, I can't keep up with it. And that to me, that, that is like, I don't know, I, maybe, you know, I don't want to say ruining college sports, but it's making it hard for me as a fan to be interested because I can't keep up with who's on any team, right? Like there's no, mm there's, there's no uh, cohesiveness year to year. And then now with the conference stuff and, and I get it, it's all like, Hey man, it's, you know, like follow the money. I get it. But it's just, it's tough to, it makes me just want to watch the NFL, I guess is what, what, it, what it comes down to. And that, I think that the portal, like you said, could be, or is a bigger issue just because it's just free agency at this point where, yeah, with no like even in the NFL, there's like there's they have contracts. So it's like free agency, like but it's like the worst parts of free agency because there's no there, there's no contract. So it's like the worst of both worlds. Like you've got guys that can just go anywhere at any time. And they're like basically like some schools, like there's no rules around like what who can pay who what. Like when you start and the part the crazy part to me is all these collectives and stuff, which I'm sure you know a ton more than me, but it's like, wait, wait, wait. So now it's just basically like, if you got some billionaire alum that wants to, you know, or a group of them that want to just like, you know, we just want like bragging rights, like this year, we're yeah. just going to like, we're just, there, there's, it's, there's no salary cap. There's just no like structure to it. Like there's, and, and here we are, we should have a governing body, like, like all pro leagues do that are pretty well formatted across leagues, like the way it works in the NBA or NFL. And the NCAA just put their head in the sand. It's like, okay, the Supreme Court ruled this. Like, how can we not make some rules or some structure around this as a governing body? Maybe they, I guess, like, and this is where I'm out of my depth. Like, maybe legally they can't do that or whatever. But how can these schools not come together and at least, like, or the conferences be like, hey, this is how we're going to do it in the, in the Big Ten. This is how we're going to do it in the SEC. So it doesn't just turn into, like, 
who has truly the richest donors and wants yeah. to just like buy a win, right? And so I think the transfer portal makes that a lot worse because it allows year to year some, you know, Texas A&M just be like, you know, cool, we're just going to start like basically offering money to these guys to just jump ship. So I, I don't know where that, I, I don't know where that ends, but then you, so the NIL stuff is almost like, like that, we can talk more about that, but like it's the transfer portal and the collective stuff. That's just like, holy shit. And all the money, like from what I understand, like the collectives, so they're, they'll offer to pay, you know, a lineman or a D lineman, like a five-star, like he'll, you know, Hey, we're, we're willing to give this kid a million dollars a year to come here. And as long as he doesn't quit or transfer, he gets that money. If he sucks, he gets the money. If he, you know, doesn't if he gets hurt he gets the money which okay that's all that's all fair but like what a bad deal for the schools too right like i'm i'm happy that yeah. you know kids are getting paid but like at some point you're like wait, wait, wait there's something like just like pragmatically off about this to me so all of that is just making my head spin and then you factor in like young 18 to 22 year olds that that have that don't really know how like business and stuff works like they're gonna get taken advantage of and they're also going to do things that they probably wouldn't do if they were like a little older and had a little bit more experience and had a little bit better guidance, you know, after they got out of college. So there's some just like general like factors involved that like, uh, you know, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just kind of concerning. Yeah. And, and to your point about the portal, the, the NCAA board of directors did come, you know, come to a decision thankfully, because, you know, I, I appreciate the portal and it kind of makes my job covering recruiting a little more interesting, a little more unique. And it's always going on. I mean, recruiting is 24, seven, 365 anyway, but with the portal, you're just monitoring everybody at this point, you know, even your current roster, you're having to recruit them to stay because you can have a true freshman have an all, you know, sec, all big 12, whatever season. And then you're going to have the big boys come calling to get them to transfer. But they do have a window that goes into effect um, the 22-23 season. So 60 days per year for athletes to enter the portal and maintain immediate eligibility for their first-time transfer. And then so like fall sports, like football, the period will be split into two periods. So the first is a 45-day period that will start the day after championship selections are made. And then a second window will be from May 1st to 15th. So they're trying to put, you know, almost like the – the premier league, you know, with soccer where they have a transfer window, um, which, I mean, I think it's going to help a little, but I mean, not really because I, I but it think it doesn't solve. Yeah. It doesn't solve the issue though. Like that's, that's great. That's a start. But like, to me, like in the NBA, even if they don't follow it, like there, there uh, are there any rules around meddling of like some guy, you know, some fixer, some bag man's in so-and-so's ear, like right now, you know, some guy at, you know, oh yeah, um, that that that's at, happening. LSU right now. is in some guy at old. You right, so like all season long, it's basically just like cool. Let's set the table, and then you know May May first, it's like boom, he's transferring. But they're working on it all year, right? So like yeah, I, I don't oh, I don't sure. know. I always I I never had an issue as an athlete or a fan with like the hardship thing. Like I I guess maybe it maybe it didn't make sense, or it was like oh you claim hardship for whatever or. You know, I, I don't, I don't know. That's, that's a uneducated, you know, that's more of a feel thing because like, even if people were like making up hardships, you know, I, and, and it, okay. It used to be, if I remember correctly, it was a hardship plus he had to sit out a year. 
which like, what if it was just hardship without this, without the, the year sitting out, but like, you have to make a case of like, yo, I'm transferring because of X, not because I, I stink and I don't want to compete for the job anymore. I don't know. Yeah. It just, it, it just feels, it just doesn't feel like it's, it's good for college sports. Right. Like, the, yeah. the, the, and that's separate from like athletes getting paid. Like, I think that is good for college sports. Right. I just think the, the piece of, of that side of the equation that I'd like to see different is one thing I loved about being a college athlete was that I was singularly focused on sports, even to the detriment of my education. Like all that mattered was, <laughs> and Columbia doesn't even, it don't even offer scholarships. It's like need-based financial aid. Right. So it was, mm-hmm. I was literally playing for a shitty team by choice. Like if I quit has nothing to do with like, like I'd still get the financial aid. I would still be able to go to school. Like it wasn't like I was losing anything. So that's, you know, the, the pure example of like student athlete by choice. Yeah. And I appreciated that. Like my, my job was like, yo, I'm trying to play football as best I can. And I'm trying to get an education. Yeah. Would it help? Would I have liked to have some, you know, extra walking around money in New York city when I was, 18, 19, 20 years old. Fuck. Yeah, man. Like it was really expensive. I moved to a city that's built on money and alcohol. And <laughs> I had, you know, my brother's old ID that didn't look that much like me and I didn't have yeah. any money. So like it was, it got a little bleak there freshman and sophomore year. So like I, but I just think there needs to be some structure around how you pay these kids. Like, even if you can't put like a, a number, even if the free market's going to decide how much they get, it's like, I don't know. It just feels like it's so distracting and bad for the athlete because they're not focused in like the, the team because like they can, they can go wherever they want at any time. And like, they're going to get a million different like people. Some of them, maybe not the, the most, you know, ethical reaching out to them, like to, to use them for, for, you know, to hawk their product it just I, i'm just like and that's what it goes back to the nlu stuff of like why are we doing nil stuff i just want to like i need to wrap my head around it first right like i don't want to take advantage of any college kids i don't I, I just feel like whoa 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 this is crazy and i just haven't had a real chance to like dig in on it so i don't know maybe you brought on the wrong guest because i'm, I'm kind of talking out of my ass at this point <laughs> well you you mentioned the you, you you use the term meddling you know i think the the one that's used a lot is tampering. Um, you mentioned Albany earlier, and I, I damn near fell out of my chair when I heard it on the telecast. But during that wild LSU Florida State game, um, there's a you know defensive end for Florida State, Jared Verse, that played at Albany, and now he's at Florida State. And on the telecast, they're like, "Oh man, like the staff did a phenomenal job in the offseason evaluating film and then going after this guy." It's like, no, they were talking to that dude in like week six, like. No, like, like, I mean, that's what USC did with Caleb Williams. Like they delayed his whole announcement to go to play for the Trojans because they were tampering when he was at Oklahoma, like Lincoln Riley left. And then he was like, Hey, you're still on the roster, but you're coming with me. Right. And like, they delayed it. So the NCAA would, you know, you know, sheepishly be like, Oh, okay. Well, this seems above board, but yeah, I mean, there are coaches right now. I mean, with how big these staffs are, they have a, a, they probably have two or three guys in a closet locked in there. Like, hey, you guys are evaluating, you know, G5, you know, D2 guys that are blowing up that we could add to our roster and make us better. I mean, that's 100% happening. And that's a problem. Yeah. 
and, and it, I, it just makes the i don't know i guess and maybe this is like <laughs> maybe i'm becoming truly a, a, a grumpy old man but like what's the point of the college sports right like it's to play for i don't know it's like a school and like now it's just truly about the money right and i guess it always was but now it's like damn like I don't know. I just wish there was a, a better solution to it. Um, yeah. And then like you, so, so like I'm back home in Atlanta, I'm from Atlanta and I'm driving around, like, I don't know, I think back in the spring and I mean, all the billboards are just like, it, it's, you know, the UGA like D lineman line, like that, which like what a defense they had last year and yeah. what a team they have this year, but like, it's all like the personal injury. It's like freaking Morgan and Morgan, you know, throwing the bulldogs <laughs> up on the, and, and no, you know, I know they're for the people, Morgan and Morgan, but like, yeah. of course it's like the personal injury firms and like, like are just, are going to flood the zone with, with like, I don't know, just like, I don't want to call it dirty money, but like money and like a, a real business can't compete with, they can't compete with it. Right. Like, yeah. And then, but okay. But then, okay. Let me give you a good example. Like I, I probably like everybody that listens to this can't get enough of the coldest being a, an HVAC, yes, you know, brand incredible. ambassador, like that's incredible. Like that's, that's, you know, there is probably some good stuff that could come out of this. And like, I think the creative stuff, but, uh, but as most marketing and most advertising, like the bad is going to outweigh the good. And I think that's what I get back to with like, when I first got all these NIL messages a year ago, it was like, oh my God, like, just like sales outreach, like, 80 to 90% of the sales outreach is awful. And then you get like one or two, you're like, oh dude, you like, that's actually like really a thoughtful note. And I could use help with that. And you, you did some research on our business and like, yeah. you know, that's, that's the stuff that like, uh, you know, so there will be some good, but I just feel like overwhelmingly it's, it's not good. You know, college sports is, is heading down a path of, you know, what's the solution for me. I might just opt out, you know, <laughs> I might just not pay as much attention <laughs> And yeah. just watch it very passively on Saturday um, because I, it's hard to keep up with. All right. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, we'll close up shop. We'll, we'll, we'll wrap up the interview. I got a couple. Uh, we'll put you on the hot seat for a couple, uh, couple heaters um, for your personal brand. But uh, hang tight. We'll be right back with Neil Schuster of No Laying Up. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24-7, 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 
or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at saddlecreektitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around, give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone, from pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. And we are back here on Not Committed. Neil Schuster of Pro Trash Holdings LLC is here with us, wrapping up things here. All right, so and this is kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth because we just spent, you know, this entire show talking about, you know, how important, you know, your your brand is, but also more of like, what does it mean to you? Um, you know, is this an actual thing that you have interest in or are you just trying to make money and just sell some t-shirts but when nil first came out you know the the fodder we would have on podcasts was always like oh man like if, if you were a college athlete back in the day like who are the three nil deals that you would seek out you know and my first thought was always you know oh for sure 100 percent. my first call is taco bell like love taco bell the mexican pizza's back now like come on like put me on a commercial i'll be 
eating a Mexican pizza and talking about how much I love T-Bell. Um, you know, and then you think about other things that you have interest in other passions, you know, I'm like, Oh, like anything with like Jordan brand. Like, I love Jordan, um, Jordan shoes, like all their stuff is great. And then, you know, maybe like, uh, you know, Callaway, like, man, I, I love playing golf. Like, Hey, you know, when I'm not out there, you know, throwing it around for 300 yards, I go out here and, and, and hit a golf ball 300 yards, you know, here's my Callaway, you know, rogue driver, you know, that kind of thing. But for you as an actual former college athlete, you know, I was never a college athlete, um, you know, intramurals don't count, but if you could, you know, step into, uh, you, we don't need a time machine. If you were a college athlete now, like who are like some brands or some, some deals that you would try to strike now? Um, well, I, I could, I could take you back in the time machine. I would say Jersey Mike okay. would be the top of the list. I was I'm mass, oh. still a massive Jersey Mike's fan. Um, yeah. it, it's just like, they got Danny DeVito above. on commercials now. That shit is a sub above. And then, uh, I used to still do go ham on Chipotle. Um, actually good yeah. to see Kyle Hamilton. Is it that he's the, the, the Notre Dame safety, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So he's playing for the Ravens. I saw he had a Chipotle deal. Uh, he's actually a, a graduate of my high school, Marist High School in Atlanta. So shout out oh, to a, a fellow War Eagle, um, get, getting the uh, getting the NIL deal I always wanted. I think those two would be probably top of the list back in in the day. I wouldn't wouldn't say I was like buying much else in college because I didn't really couldn't really afford much else. But I ate a lot of Chipotle, and as a kid, I always ate a ton of Jersey Mike's. Um, now we joke around. Uh, big sparkling water uh guys over at nlu i'm a big soda stream guy i like to control my bubbles um so soda uh -huh. stream would probably be on the list okay uh my brother i'm actually drinking a liquid death right now uh i see that he's got me on the uh liquid death coming straight from the alps to uh to, to murder our thirst <laughs> um so we, we're joking around that that liquid death if, if they want the title sponsorship of the trap draw it's theirs for the taking so if anybody yeah. knows those guys, let them know. Um, but otherwise, like, I think a good example is like, we're, we started working with Yeti coolers this year. NLU did. And I think that was always a, you know, a sponsor that we've like, we all love Yetis, love the product. Like, you know, nobody, like nobody likes over-engineered project products more than like, you know, yeah. old men like my dad and <laughs> always, always been into Yetis and, like, I think it's, it, and, and we, we, I don't know, we, it took like a year or two for us to land them as a, as a partner. And now it's going really well. They're helping out with our event stuff. They've sponsored some of our live shows. And I think what went into that was just a really like thoughtful, like, you know, introductory calls and Hey, here's what we do. And here's how we think, like, if you guys ever want to get into golf, let us know. Well, this year they decided they wanted to get into golf. And I kind of had a, like a, a plan in place for them. And I think, you know, I've been doing this now for five or six years. So it's like, have a good understanding of how our business works and how we think we can help somebody like Yeti, um, like reach a, you know, avid golfing audience. And so I think a lot of thought and effort went into that. And it, it feels like really rewarding to like, be like, man, I really want to work with those guys and then have them be like, okay, cool. Like, you know, pitch us on it. And you know, you put something very thoughtful in front of them and it works. Right. And so I think that's where I would, um, it, it's just hard to expect a college kid to be able to do that. Right. Like I, yeah. I've, 
I've done a lot of like in my old sales days, like I did some bad deals. Like, let's just be honest, you know, like, <laughs> like end of the quarter, got to hit my number. Let me throw everything on the truck at somebody and over promise. Like, and that's an awful feeling when that deal like then doesn't, it falls apart, doesn't get filled, whatever. Like you learn your lesson, but like, I don't think any of these college athletes, you know, I guess they don't really have to deliver much than just like play good on the field and like, let me show up for the photo shoot. Um, but at the same time, like if you just do that for anybody, you become, you know, you devalue your, your personal brand, I guess. So, um, yeah, I guess that's, that's my answer. I want to ask you, and this is kind of twofold because I was tying in my, my good buddies over at uh, hand in the dirt. I don't know if you're familiar with that podcast, but, um, they too love liquid death. Uh, Michael Felder, uh, I think he drinks like five or six during a show and they always joke about, Hey, like, you know, you know, if you want to sponsor us, like, come on. Um, but you mentioned the soda stream. And I do want to ask you this cause it's, it sounds just incredibly insane, but somebody, I guess either tweeted at them or, you know, sent them an email, but they were like, would you ever drink milk that had been run through a soda stream? Would I? Personally. Yeah, yeah, no, because I don't drink a lot of milk anymore. <laughs> God, I used to drink so much milk as a kid, but now I don't drink that much milk. So I probably would not do that. Yeah, but I can think of some other drinks that I, I, I would probably bubble up a little bit. I just don't want to get the soda stream messy. I think the, the, the reason I like sparkling water or uh, is because I want to drink more water and it's a way to trick me into thinking that I'm drinking something else all day. Yeah. And that's a, that's a big win for me and my, you know, just general health, I think. So you're straight sparkling, like no LaCroix or anything like that. I used to drink a ton of LaCroix and I just get sick of all the cans, man. Like I just, the uh, soda stream, like oh, cut yeah. back on just like the amount of like recycling and all this stuff I got to do. And, and also just like coming home from the store, like it's just more efficient. So you get, you know, you reuse, you know, you, you turn the tanks back in. I usually get two at a time. Uh, I do have a bone to pick with SodaStream right now, though, because they, they are pushing this new product with like, they, they got the pink, like CO2 bottles, the Terra product. Well, I just want the classic screw in tanks, like, and I, and they're harder to find. And the, the, the pink ones just it keeps malfunctioning on me. So not all innovation is good innovation. I don't, I, I want to be able, I just want the old school manual soda stream where I can push the button like 16 times and get as much fizz as I want. Um, and I leave it, you know, I have two of the bottles. I leave them in the fridge and that usually lasts me for, you know, half a day, a day. And then I keep using them, go through about a tank every two to three weeks. Right. And I okay. think about like how much water that is compared to like, you know, a, a that would be a, a lot of LaCroix. Let me put it that way. So it's just a more efficient way for me to, uh, to get my, uh, get my bubbly water. But I do, I, I, if I, if I am drinking LaCroix, the, I'm a basic lime flavor guy. I don't put any flavor in the soda stream. Okay. Uh, I don't, I don't need it, but if I'm going to get the canned stuff, I, I go with lime pample mousse is up there. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not a pineapple guy. Uh, I, I just don't like the flavor of pineapple period coconut. No, thanks. Um, but <laughs> back before my soda stream days, when I was still working at Google, you know, they're stocked or used to be stocked in the offices with, with, uh, LaCroix, pretty much everything. But I used to, you know, I used to slide more than a few of those into the backpack and take them home with me. 
So I was, I was probably, uh, you know, that, that was, that was keeping, that was subsidizing my sparkling water intake at home. Would that, would you consider that googly or no? Uh, probably not, you know, <laughs> but, uh, listen, you know, hey, what you they're will. doing, they're doing okay. I, I thought I was doing good work for them. So I, you know, I was, yeah, I, I was, I didn't, I wouldn't say I abused it. I, I didn't abuse it, but you know, you take one or two home just so I, I knew I had a couple in the fridge. Yeah. That's, that's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. We typically, we typically rock with pomplamoose. I like passion fruit. And then not even because of the last name, I think berry is my favorite. Um, but my wife is big on the pomplamoose. I did try the coconut to do the uh, I believe the the internet craze that lasted maybe like a month of, they called it the Pensacola and it was like coconut with like a diet Coke or with coffee. Um, it was all right. My wife thought it was disgusting. Um, and that's probably why the, the fad was very short lived, but I don't know if you ever delved into that in the Pensacola. I did not. I mean, <laughs> bubble, sparkling coffee is, that's a, well, sounds, that's, sounds that iffy. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess you could go sparkling iced coffee. That might be the that would be kind of the play, I think. Yeah. Um well, maybe I'll get it. Maybe I'll get another soda stream. Like I'll have one for water and maybe I'll get another one for just experiments. Like you, yeah, you might be onto something. It, it's it, you could treat it just like the air fryer, where like people were just air frying everything, like just run stuff through yeah. the soda stream. Trial and error. Um so last couple things here before I let you go. And again, I I really appreciate the time. Um, I, before I forget, I will say I wrote it down on my, on my board here, so I wouldn't, um, you guys got some, some new stuff popping off at the, uh, at the NLU shop, um, fall drop coming out. Um, what are, uh, what are probably some of the, the heavy hitters that, that you like? I know that most people were seeing, you know, glimpses of it when y'all were teasing the new tour sauce, but what are some of the new items that you're excited about? Yeah, we got a lot of stuff coming in. Well, have over the past like month. Um, uh, we're, we've really ramped up our partnership with Roback. Uh, they've been awesome. And I, I, you know, their sweatshirts are, or their hoodies are just like tough to beat. Um, and then level wear, uh, we've got a lot. That's kind of become our like best basics. Like they have some of the best like hoodies, a little bit for more like colder temperatures. So heading into the winter, we'll have a lot of, uh, new designs on, uh, level wear gear, uh, that we're working on for the fall. Um, and then this week started tomorrow. Um, we've got the, uh, Holderness and Born, which is a, you know, golf clothing company that we've worked with since the very beginning. Uh, we've done some creative stuff with them where they've, uh, kind of given us some custom colorways. We, we designed a spruce green with them. They've never done any black clothing. Uh, they, they've been kind of like staunchly against black. Well, I'm a big black clothing guy. So I finally talked them into uh, doing their, you know, kind of best-selling board sweater, like diamond knit sweater in black for us. Um, so we'll have those going live tomorrow. They're live right now for our Nest members. Uh, so we're starting to do a, you know, think a little more strategically, uh, which is the fun part of the business of like, okay, we've got a, you know, pretty substantial amount of Nest members. Like let's really, and, and some of our issue is like, we sell out of stuff really quickly, which is a good problem to have, but it also kind of like makes people mad. So we're trying to prioritize like, all right, Nest members get 24 acts, 24 hours to like, you know, get merch first. And then we kind of release it to the wider, wider audience on our email newsletter and on 
social media uh, the, the next day. Um, so just, you know, kind of heading into the holidays, uh, we actually have a bunch of custom stuff that, that we're making uh, that'll come in next month. New strap posters. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to hawk too hard here, but we're, we're ramping up for a big, <laughs> uh, a big Christmas season. And I do want to give a shout out to uh, Casey uh, Landman. She's the newest member of our team. She's come on board uh, this year to help Tron and I with the pro shop. And uh, she actually has some, you know, merchandising experience. Uh, Tron and I have learned all that we know on the fly through a lot of trial and error. And so having her on board has been like, I don't know how we existed without her. Uh, so she's been doing an awesome job. And I think for the first time we might, we might head into January without like a complete ghost town in the pro shop, like actually have some stuff, you know, to sell in the first half of 2023, which is never the case. So, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're growing, we're, you know, trying to get better and, you know, make a, make the small shop like a, a little bit bigger uh, every year. So exciting times ahead. So with the H and B, you know, doing some black, I guess to I, I, much to your chagrin, people can embody their own Gary player, black Knight look if they want. Yes, they, they can. Uh, we also had, uh, we got some people reaching out today. We, we got a, a, a another color fescue, which is just tan, Ooh. you know, very Adam Scott, vibes you know because he loves to wear the 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 tanimal outfit yeah so you know we're we're experimenting on the fringes a little bit um yeah and then we've got uh taurus sauce season eight our trip to scandinavia sweden denmark and norway which we took in august uh, late july early august that will be premiering on youtube i think the week of october 20th like 26th like one of the like the last week of october It'll be eight episodes. I think it's our best yet. Uh, oh, wow. Much like the merch side of the house, we've been getting, you know, you just kind of make like incremental improvements on, you know, we got some nicer cameras. We got some like kind of, you know, it's amazing what you can rent, honestly. And like we got some better <laughs> uh, remote microphones and our editing process is getting better. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's fun. Um it's fun to, to grow a business in a very sustainable way. Like, mm-hmm. cause I've worked at a couple companies where it was like, you know, you take on like venture back money and you got to grow like nine X like right now. And so that leads to like bad decisions and <laughs> yeah. shortcuts. And I, I think there's something if you're patient and you just get a little better, like you don't have to just like completely change it up and like come out with new stuff. It's just like, yo, let's just get a little better. Let's make the process a little more efficient. Let's, oh, let's do this. And, and this, that'll solve this problem. And then like you, you move on to the next one. Um, I don't know. I've kind of like come to really enjoy like the slow, sustainable evolution. Um, I, I think that's what I, I really like about it. And I see it happening on both like the merch side and on the, um, on the video side. So excited about the end of the year and then you know working on you know i don't know what we're gonna do next year but we're i gotta start thinking about it now that i've i finally settled into to new york city again i gotta get back and yeah and start thinking about 2023 it never ends so any uh before i let you go any teasers on the next strap have you guys filmed it or planned it or even thought about it yet no uh very much tbd you know we'll see i think we last season was season 10 
So that's 30 episodes that we've done. And um, I, will, I don't I will know. Say, we might do another one. We might not. You know, it was we're okay. going to kind of hold that note for a little bit. Uh, we might As, evolve the series. There's a lot of different directions we could go. But I think okay. one thing, uh, uh, there won't be another one this year, um, you know, because we're getting – we're getting so we got some other things in the works but you know we'll 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 see i, I that, that is not is not a uh uh it's not a goodbye it might just be a you know uh a see you <laughs> soon or something of that nature so yeah i was gonna say as a as a huge fan of of all the things y'all do and you know especially just i mean you guys do everything well but but the video content is so strong i was one to worry that you know the kid you know, bidding adieu. I, I thought it might have been a ride off into the sunset type thing to where strapped was no more because the kid was no more. Um, but it sounds like y'all are still mulling it over. But, um, but we yeah, are. So I think the, the key is more like uh, we want it to be like we've always called it our self funded art project, right? And we, yeah. we've always enjoyed making it. Like I love taking the trips. And I think, you know, if we pick the right destinations, we still would. I just, we talked about it a lot, you know, you don't want to have like that, the, the Brett Favre moment and not current Brett Favre, but like, <laughs> I can't retire Brett Favre. Like, I don't want to stay yeah. on stage too long with the same thing because I think it would flip very quickly as Randy and I get older of like, oh, this is like really authentic and interesting and fun to like, oh man, like 40 year old Randy and you know, kneel with like a kid and they're, you know, they're faking it. Right. Like, so I, I yeah. want to make sure that like, as we evolve as people, like that we're still being authentic and we're not just playing the hits. Right. Like I, I it's like, sure. yeah, everybody, yeah, yeah. Everybody wants us to do another strap. Well, what if the, what if you want us, everybody wants us to keep doing good straps and it's not incumbent upon us to be like, well, we don't know if it's going to be good anymore. So we're going to, we're going to evolve the series, right? Like it's, it's, mm -hmm. you got to be like um, conscious of that stuff because I, I think it could get, you know, it could get stale. It could get, it could lose, you could lose the magic a little bit. So you just got to, you know, kind of, I think it's better to err on the side of like, Hey, we're going to leave people wanting more than like, let's sure. overstay our welcome. You know, nobody yeah. likes somebody that won't retire. <laughs> yeah. Um, so last thing here, I got a couple minutes before you got to run. I, actually, I'll throw it back to a to a you know a nod to season one of Tour Sauce um, when uh, DJ asked you guys to describe uh, your experience over there in Australia in one word. Um, give me one word, or if you want, if you if you have a couple couple words or a couple sentences, live like what do you personally think about it? You know, not you don't have to get too far in the weeds, but just as someone who is a passing golf fan that, that's listening to this and they might be interested in, in what you have to say about it. You know, what do you, how do you feel about the whole live tour and just this whole soap opera? Man, one word's hard. I, I would say I've had a lot of friends that my buddies from college are like, they don't, you know, they know what I do, but they don't really care about golf. And they're like, Hey, what's up with this live stuff? I'm like, Hey, how much time you got? You know, it's just, it's <laughs> like, uh, I would say the word would be like layered, like, you know, complex, yeah. like it, it, there's a lot, it's very nuanced and it's tough because it's turned into like an us versus them thing. Yeah. And I have a, you know, as well-documented my associates and I, but me personally, I, I have a lot of issues with the PGA tour. I think it's a sure. 
tremendous amount of the blame for Liv lies squarely at, at the tour's feet. So, but at the same time, I feel like the PGA tour is still the best position to identify the best golfers in the world. And I hate the fact that like, there is going to be like golf is going to be bifurcated. Like it, it it's kind of like boxing to me of like, yeah, yeah. I, I like to watch boxing, but I don't know WBO, NWO, WCW. I know those are wrestling federations, but it's the same with box. There's like six title belts or three, whatever. Well, I don't know who the champion is. Like it's confusing. And I think if you're trying to, you know, improve golf, I don't think bifurcating it and having the best players in the world play different places is, you know, uh-huh. is, is helping the cause. Um, I think, I, I also just think like, you know, the, the Saudi stuff is, is tough because not so much like there that it's the Saudis. I, I just don't think it would be good, you know, insert U S government, Norwegian government, Russian government, any national government. Like I don't want golf. Golf isn't the Olympics, right? I don't think a national government, mm-hmm. like I don't want pro golf to be a brand marketing arm for a national government. That's trying to, uh, you know, drum up like goodwill and investment dollars for their, you know, new cities and like business initiatives. Right. And again, you yeah. could insert Canada for, for Saudi Arabia. I would feel the same way. And so I think, I think there's value in having a league, you know, that is able to like, that's independent and yeah, like then you get the, what about people? Well, the PGA tour takes money from China and this and that. It's like, yes, you're right. And to me, I think it's better that a league is almost like has the, is judicious with where they take that money. They evaluate it. That's what they're paid for. Right. And is the money dirty? Some of it might be, but it's better than it just coming directly from the source you know, of a government that has ulterior motives, the, the, the Saudi government or the U S government or the Canadian government, their goal was never, would never be to advance, like figure out who the best golfers in the world are. It's to, you know, advance their agenda. And so I really struggle with that. And, um, I, you know, I, I struggle with just like, I think some of this, the format stuff and, and with live is like, is interesting. I think the team aspect is interesting, I think, but I just don't find, I find it all to be very, very half-baked. And I, I think that right now for me, the devil, you know, being the PGA tour is better than the devil. You don't, you know, which is uh-huh. like, I, I just don't think that live is the better, you know, the better model. Right. But, it, but that said, it is not going anywhere. Right. Like they are, I believe yeah. they are in it for the long haul. Um, and you know, it's, it's just like, who loses in this is like the golf fan because like, okay, the PGA tour, now they're going to make all these changes. They should have made five, 10 years ago, you know? Yeah. And it's like, Oh, cool. Well, how are we going to pay for those changes? Well, we're probably going to have a lot more commercials. Right. And, and they, they, they just, yeah. it's kind of like, dang, man. it's a little bit like the NIL stuff in the transfer portal. We we're talking about earlier. Like I wish there was a better solution here, you know, but like <laughs> they're trying to fight these guys off and, it's just like everything is being rolled out so quickly. And I don't know, it's, it's very complex. So that's the word I come back to, but it's not like, it's, it's just tough because it's like, Oh yeah, man, I I think the PGA tour right now is the better option. That doesn't mean that I'm like in love with the PGA tour by any stretch. Like I thought I didn't watch really any of the president's cup, but like, you know, I don't think they're the most creative bunch. Right. I, 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 
think if it wasn't my day job, I don't know how much golf I would watch. Like if it wasn't majors and, and big week on the calendar, you know, it's not like the most compelling product as it's currently presented. So hopefully the lift stuff forces some good innovation. Um, but overall, it's just like, it's pretty exhausting. Um, oh yeah. That's, that's a great word for it too. Yeah. It's interesting. It's almost like we've been doing our thing for, you know, like eight, eight years covering golf, just kind of, Hey, yeah, we're over here, you know, kind of, <laughs> kind of minding our business. And all of a sudden now we're in the, in the middle of like a, you know, international geopolitical spat, you know, it's just like, Oh God, now we're in the center of this crazy thing. I got people asking me like, Hey, what's up with this golf, this Saudi golf thing. I'm like, Oh my God. So a true, what a world. Um, yeah. what a year it's been. It, it, it's cra- And it's also crazy. Like, man, we've been thinking, we've been hearing about this, talking about it for the last almost two years now, probably like March, February, March of 2020, right before COVID, we, we started getting some like, you know, hashtag sources about like the premier golf league and the super golf league and all this stuff. And like, it's all in, including the lawsuits and all the players and it's all kind of unfolded exactly as we, Mm-hmm. you know pretty close to how we anticipated or as it was like kind of relayed to us it's just like wow it's just like watching it all just unfold in real time has been crazy after you know hearing about it for so long so it's definitely uh it, you know it's exhausting but it's not boring let me put it that way yeah it, to tie it back into recruiting an nil i mean it's like w- w- with live like it's i, I mean maybe it might go away down the road, but I mean, they just have unlimited money. So what do you, what can you do? And like, that's kind of like, how do you combat NIL with the Texas A&Ms, the Alabamas, the Georgias, yes. you know, they're not running out of money ever. So like, they're always going to get the best players. Like they were before, but like now it's, it's, it's all out, out there in your face above board. And like, yeah, it's just going to continue. It's going to get worse. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I don't fault like some of these players, like it's a lot of money. I get it. You know, it's just like, but like as a golf fan, do I find the live format as it currently exists? Interesting. No. But does that mean like they've shown that they're, they're changing on the fly very quickly. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, but it definitely like it, it, one thing I use, I've always loved about golf is that there is a lot of context in golf. It's a very old sport, even the, you know, the tour, like a lot of the big tournaments go back to the fifties. And so, you know, you start to just like plug in like half the, you know, a lot of the best golfers in the world are just over here playing this three day, like kind of glorified pro-am. And it's like, okay, that I don't have any context for that. Like, I don't, that's not as interesting to me as watching guys play Riv or watching guys play at Memorial. Some of the mm-hmm. bigger stops, more traditional stops on tour. I think one thing that is a massive issue for the tour that they're trying to fix and they've already done some stuff to fix it is that there was no off season, like the last five or six years with like, cause their only like lever was like, you know, the tours mandate is to get as many starts for its players as possible. Well, what does that mean? Well, cool. Let's just add more tournaments to the calendar. Well, then you get this whole wraparound season. It's like, I don't get mm. a break from golf. And so it's just like oversaturation where like, if there was from like, let's say, honestly, ideally from like the British open through, you know, the, the whole, you know, West coast Hawaii swing in January, if there was just no golf, I would be like, that'd be awesome because I'd be jonesing for golf to start in January. Right. Instead, it was like this year, like, the president's cup happens. Well, what am I doing on Monday this month? I mean, I'm making picks for the freaking Sanderson. 
It's like, though, you know, <laughs> there's some interest because it's like, oh, like, yeah, like I follow the Corn Ferry Tour, so I know a lot of these guys. But like, it just never ends. You know what I mean? It's just like, okay, cool, new season. Like, it's like, man, we need to have more of an off season in golf. But that yeah. doesn't really help them because like, well, we need to get more starts because we got so many pro golfers, a lot of mouths to feed over there, a lot of sponsors to make happy. So, you know, like it's, it's a, it's a tough problem, I, I guess is how I would yeah. put it. And the tour kind of made themselves right for a competitor to come in. It's just tough that the competitor is an irrational actor with like an unlimited budget. Like that's, listen, that's, that's going to be tough to fight off. Hey, like you said, PGA tour needs to be, less Brett Favre, more Barry Sanders, like know when to call it quits, like have a set schedule. And then, yeah, like you said, have people just amped and just geeked for golf to come back. Cause I think that's going to help the product on tour to combat live and whatever they're doing. So, yeah. um, all right. Well, I, I kept you past the time and I know you got things to do. You're busy and the weekend's getting here. Um, you got to get locked in for the Sanderson. Um, Hell shout yeah. out. Shout out to Will Bardwell, by the way. I hope they're uh, they're getting after it. I know. There, no but... offense to anyone in in <laughs> Mississippi. I that was that was a that was a drive by on the Sanders, and that's that they are not as bad as some of these other, you know, reach around season events. <laughs> yeah, um, but that's gonna do it for this uh, special sit down episode of Not Committed. Thanks to Neil for jumping on. Uh, thanks again, man. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate the time. We'll be back uh, at some point. Like I said, this is going to be more of a, a special limited edition type podcast where we have these in-depth conversations. We'll be back at some point. Um, but thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. And, of course, thanks to the sponsors for making it possible. Um, but until next time, we out. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.